Hello, and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another pleasant day in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Andy Parkin, Managing Director of SpeedScreed. Andy, hello. Hello, Matthew. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We might as well dive straight in. What does the word leader mean to you? Uh, I, I think it means uh, lots of things. I think as you you grow, uh, you know, from a from a child into a man and then into a, a more experienced uh, being, I, I think it evolves and it it is always uh, changing, really. I think it's a, a multitude of things. I think we get initially uh, a concept of being a leader is is literally somebody that must, you know, virtually drag people through. And I don't know. We we see people in in history, you know, kind of great leaders, and it seems as though they they need to be these kind of strong characters. But I think as you, you develop, you, you you probably realize the. The world is, you know, a slightly different place, and leaders are more of a, or I believe, a more kind of inspirational people, mm-hmm. uh, mentors, and, and empowering others. Uh, and and so I don't think it's, you know, kind of like the the historical version of it, of it anymore. I think it's a it's a different uh, feel to it now. I think. Now, uh, you mentioned mentors. Uh, when you were first starting out in business, did you have a mentor? And how did they impact the way in which you lead your team today? Uh, I, I think my uh, first, first kind of mentors really are, I kind of, you, you can probably pick a couple of uh, teachers, uh, school-wise, uh, etc. I mean, I think I, uh, when sort of growing up, uh, uh, apart from a, a sporting perspective, I didn't have, uh, you know, a particularly high bar. It was more important to have a kind of a happy life uh, from from that perspective. So initially, you, you're finding that you've got a kind of fire in your belly, but you, you don't know exactly what to do with it. You don't particularly have a direction. But but certainly uh, from a mentor point of view, I think you've got, t- uh, you know, I can pick a couple of teachers. I think... You know, you, you look at some teachers, you know, are probably going through the motions a little bit. And then you've got the, you know, the odd inspired teacher uh, that is really, you know, giving their all and, and really helping uh, and finding, I suppose, the, the, the good in the pupils, looking for talent uh, and for them to be their, their best self. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be, you know, totally academic, uh, but it's not being dismissive of people that are not quite as academic in the areas that are deemed to be the, the most important areas. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of looking, I think, beyond that, a, a kind of attitude and resilience and, and the kind of work ethic. And I think sometimes those elements you know, if they're ignored in favour of just purely academic uh, achievement, it, it, you know, it can be very negative and, and can put people uh, back. There's, there's got a lot to give. So I think a 
good mentor, I think, just start at school, uh, you know, finding those right teachers. And, you know, I, you know, can think of, a, you know, a, certainly a couple that's, you know, been a real inspiration that I still kind of hold dear right, right now. Now, uh, you said that it's very important to shape young people uh, and shape their future. Um, as a mentor, mm-hmm. do you feel uh, that within your business you provide that uh, mentor-mentee uh, environment? Uh, and what is your advice for the next generation of emerging leaders within your field? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I, I think coming from a you know a working class family, from a, a generation that, that I kind of think of a, a kind of, not in a negative way, but a kind of institutionalized sort of control that you, you kind of go through the system. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you're set to go to school. You're then set to get a job. You're set to, to get a mortgage, to, uh, to have a family, uh, to spend the income that, you know, that, that you, you work for. It kind of disappears and the cycle sort of continues uh, yet again. Uh, but I think it's, I, I think what I missed probably from, you know, my early formative years w- was probably that it's, a, you know, it's a big world out there and there are lots of opportunities and it's just opening, opening those doors. And I think now, uh, you know, I kind of see more opportunities. I, you know, I see opportunities in, in lots of things, in negatives, uh, you know, you look for the opportunities and negatives. And uh, I, I think with younger people, it's, I think it's important to, to kind of convey that, that they might have come through this kind of so-called system uh, and it's to, to empower them. And and I think when we uh, empower people, we, we, I mean, yes, we risk that they outgrow their position and, you know, they, you know, it might be a consequence that they leave the business and, you know, go on to other things. It's, you know, as a, as, you know, obviously as a leader, you, you, you're there trying to retain people, uh, but you need to empower them. And then when you, you kind of get that adaptation, you then get good results and, you know, the, the business benefits. So, you know, the usual thing by giving other people effectively what they want, you know, as a business, you tend to get what uh, what you want. And you must be so reaping the it, rewards because uh, Speedscreed obviously has uh, received quite a few awards recently. Um, and you do manage uh, quite a uh, large team. Uh, what are the challenges involved uh, with that? Uh, yes, it's 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 very difficult uh, at, at times. I, I think you know when you're working with people, you're you're looking long term. So you wanting you wanting to develop, you wanting to to build a good foundation and uh, and, and, and base. And, and as we say, it's it's empowering. Uh, you know, skills can be learned. Uh, as as we go along, we can learn functions, uh, etc. of of the business. But it's it's kind of training the the attitude. It, it's a case of uh, I, I think quite often we, we can we can hit a problem, and then the problem becomes the big focus. Uh, what we tr- what we try to do is rather than focus on the actual problem itself, is automatically come up with solutions. So we've got a kind of a culture that that we develop. Whereas you know you don't just come with a problem. 
So, you know, that's not, not the way to work. You know, you come probably with a, with a couple of solutions. You might not be sure about those solutions. You might think, well, I don't really know whether that'll work or whatever. Uh, and then you have a discussion. Uh, around these the solutions, rather than focusing totally, uh, totally on the on the problems, and I think it, it just trains the you know the thoughts processes, and so we're not kind of hitting that that problem, and then you know the wheels sort of fall off, and uh, you know we we, we stop. Uh, so I think it's it's developing uh, a certain mindset. And so it so it becomes pretty much like uh, the, the usual thing when you're first learning to uh, to, to drive, you, you're having to do five or six different things at the same time, and it just seems totally impossible the first time. Uh, but then very quickly you, you set off from A, you arrive at B, and you just don't really think about how you got there. Uh, and very much a lot of our processes become embedded. Uh, and so, you know, you feel empowered and you feel like you can solve issues. Uh, so I think it's, it's just belief. It's, it's just belief in, uh, you know, and empowerment, I think. Well, Andy, unfortunately, we're running quite close to time. But before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for SpeedScreed? Uh, well, it's very exciting. We, uh, we have uh, two new people. Uh, you know, ex- exciting talent. Uh, you know, I believe that they have uh, a, a great amount to give. Uh, so we're looking forward to developing uh, that talent to help SpeedScreed uh, move forward uh, into the market. The uh, the market is, is going to be interesting. Politically, uh, we seem to have got uh, greater stability now. Uh, which is good news for the uh, construction industry. Hopefully, the transition uh, will be a will be a good one. But ultimately, we will make of it uh, what we will make of it. And whatever happens in the market, we've got to make sure that we're fit for purpose and that SpeedScree can capitalise uh, on our systems and our, our procedures. Andy, it's been fascinating hearing from you. I do hope we can have you back on the program soon to hear more about uh, SpeedScreed's uh, uh, intentions in the uh, in the market. Um, Andy, thank you. You're most welcome, Matthew. Thank you for inviting me. That was Andy Parkin, Managing Director of SpeedScreed. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst. We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me realise that I did uh, score nothing for Essex. Uh, for my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in, in, uh, in Liverpool many, many years ago. 1962, I think that was. So I didn't, and... um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess, with one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was, was really 
messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports. And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham, uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He um, He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over years, I guess he would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with. So you're very fortunate. I think you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and a great coach as we had in Ron Greenwood and, of course, a great manager in South Ramsey. So to come across people like that, that calibre, can have a huge influence on your your career, of course, and, and then your life. And that's, that's quite purely the case. And in those early days um, at West Ham, uh, with, with a manager like, like uh, Ron uh, there, it's also important to have uh, uh, confidence with your other players. And of course, they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh, when to inspire confidence in yourself? Was it more? Was it Peter's? I think probably, well, I was very fortunate to play with the caliber of the players I did. Again, again, extremely fortunate to play with you know, the captain um, of England and West Ham and Martin Peters, who was a fantastic player. And some, as far as Martin's concerned, I think sometimes he didn't quite get the uh, recognition he deserved. And what a wonderful player he was. In terms of inspiring confidence, I always probably say that the biggest influence uh, for me, I guess, would be the captain, Bob Moore. Although he was only... Uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier. He played for England in 62, four years before the final when I played. And so he, he was more, looked upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy with the same age group as me. And I looked at how he how he uh, trained, how he acted, how he behaved, and how he played. And so he, he would say, I would also say he was a big influence on me. One thing I would say about leadership, uh, what I do, I do understand clearly in all walks of life, leadership is at the top, is absolutely vital for a, a, for a business, a football team, in any walk of life to be successful. And it's quite evident, I was in the motor trade for a long time as well, selling car warranties to car dealerships, and you could almost tell when you walked into the business, uh, in a, many of the car dealerships, you could almost tell from the moment you walked in by initial reaction people came and welcomed you that the business was well run or conversely not well run at all. And so I understand the, the value and quality of leadership and that's why I'm very fortunate to be involved in my career in those early days with two two great leaders in, in Ron Greenwood and, and Al Ramsey. Absolutely. And um, 
Uh, since you've already uh, brought him up, uh, Jeff, I think it'd be remiss not to go a little bit further with that. But obviously, uh, after uh, or at West Ham, your uh, playing came to the attention of uh, South Ramsey. Now, there's a man I'm sure when you walked into a room, you knew who was um, in charge. When it came to managing that England team, what was his style like, Jeff? Well, one thing, especially I say about Ramsey, he's probably over my life the most powerful influence who had on me um, as a person. Um, up naturally, it happens to an extent because he's got your whole career in his hand. Whether he picks you for England or he doesn't pick you, it can have a, a great impact on your <laughs> your career and of course your life. But yep. in that era, I was involved for six or seven years. He it was quite clear who was the boss. He was quite very very strict. Probably at a time at maybe overly strict by the time you probably wouldn't get necessarily get away with it in, in today's football because it's changed dramatically in how you deal with with players then and players now. But he was the most powerful man I came across and very few people and he, he was quite ruthless in getting people out who he didn't want to be who didn't want to be part of a group, part of a team. It is important that if you've got a group of people and that's in any walk of life, they're all singing off the same hymn for you and you don't have anybody that's griping or moaning about the system. And if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learned and I've taken on in my life, my family, you've got somebody in the group that doesn't want to be part of it, you, you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless with that in his, in his staff. And I think that's one thing I, one of the most serious ones I think I've learned over a long period of time. And is there, do you think... Uh a specific moment, I'm sure there's probably dozens, but is there a specific moment, if you could uh, perhaps pick right now, that did show those uh, qualities in uh, South so uh, sharply? Yes, I think for, for me, certainly, um, I think there are instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team, or certainly in the squad, and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it, but looking mm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of the group. Um, so that that's that's for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before. I was I was playing and I played with Jimmy Greaves in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be be playing in, in the team but uh, in a couple of friendly games more friendly games before the final in Poland and uh, uh, Norway I think in Denmark mm. I didn't I played two of the four games and I probably didn't quite replicate my my form that I'd been showing at West Ham and in the early couple of games for England and he, he left me out in the first game of, of the World Cup against uh, Uruguay he started off with Jimmy Green and Roger Hunt. So I, I had an impact of thinking I at that stage I, like I was going to play and didn't start because of just a lack of form. I didn't play quite well enough to justify my position. And somewhat fortuitously, I only got back in the team because of a, a nasty gash to shin um, on Jimmy Glee's leg. And I think what you've said there, uh, Jeff, actually does sum that up really well. And more than that, whilst it's important to have that someone in charge with those qualities, it's almost useless if there isn't a strong and unified team behind them. 
And there really must have been moments, if maybe there weren't, but uh, let us know in that 66 competition, the prolonged pressure on all of you, you know, the weight of a nation. Did it get to you? Oh, not for me personally, no. I, I think, and I don't, uh, not for me, not for a second. I think mm. I was just happy to be, you know, be involved in the squad initially. Uh, not at all. I didn't, you're not aware of the magnitude of the occasion, really, looking back out. Mm. So I never really felt, people talk about pressure a lot and it's there and people, players talk about, people talk about it in life. I didn't really feel necessarily feel any great pressure, pressure during the time I was there. And what is also important to say about Alf Ramsey, the people he, he left behind that were left in the squad after he moved one or two players out, the squad were uh, a, a bunch of very hard-nosed, professional, uh, top-quality people. And that was, again, the leadership that Alf showed. He, he got people in together that were very, very strong personally. Um, uh, and I think that was part of the success we had. We were very... I always describe our, our group as hard-nosed professionals. Um, we have some great players, but overall they were great hard-nosed professional players um, and great quality people who we've kept in contact with, you know, over the years. And Jeff, I've got to ask, and I'm, I'm not making this up, I've genuinely heard that people do ask you whether or not you realised there were people on the pitch at that moment. I imagine you were busy on something else. Well, I... I did some theatre shows last year. They've gone fairly well, and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows. In fact, starting this week, over the next uh, two three months. And uh, at the end of the theatre shows, we have about twenty minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions. And the, the, there's, I won't mention both. They're too long to talk about both questions. Um, one, the other one's a really stupid one. It's too long for me to tell you. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the the other ridiculous question I get asked, did I realise there were people on the pitch? And of course I jokingly say, yes, I was just about to, to shoot to score the goal and I looked round, put my foot on the ball and looked round for a little while and said, oh dear, there are six or seven people running on the pitch. So that's, uh, I've had been asked that once at one of the theatre shows. <laughs> so I joke, make a joke about that and saying, yes, I put my foot on the ball and waited to just have a, look, have a glance round, you know. Maybe it does prove there are things that such as stupid questions, really. Um, oh, yeah, there, are, there certainly are. I've got another one which I won't bore you with. It won't be too long to tell you. Uh, I was in a Jersey or Channel Line, Jersey or Jersey, two or three mm. years ago, and most stupid, irrelevant questions that absolutely nothing to do with football whatsoever, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now because it, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you want me, I, I can tell you if you want. You want. You got time. I can tell, I tell you if you want. Jeff, go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in, in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honour. Mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was usual football questions, and then all of a sudden, I heard a, somebody at the back who who asked a question. I didn't quite hear what he said. He didn't have the microphone with him. So I said, I didn't hear what he said. Can you please give this chap the microphone so I can hear clearly what he said? So the chap had the mic and he said, when a turtle loses its shell, is it naked or is it homeless? Right. 
What, what a question. What a question. Uh, well, I think that would be in, definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with <laughs> well, things no, like I that. Just, but then again, I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did make again, me laugh that if you can put up with my questions, you can probably put up with uh, anything. Um, but there, there would have become a point, though, um, Jeff. I think um, you, you were a young man when see, this happened. When you must have realised that people, teammates, began looking at you for leadership. Um, is that something that occurred to you, or did you just realise that by by quick one way or the other? people actually begin to look up for you for inspiration? Well, possibly. That's never really struck me until you've actually mentioned it now, quite frankly. That's a new, a new question. Mm. Does anybody look up to me? I'm sure perhaps uh, there are. There are people who pay you compliments of, of uh, fans of, of West Ham and uh, of Stoke and, of course, in, uh, England fans who... Um, I, I think probably... Yeah, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest that I, I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration. Um, well, you, but, you don't but, have to, but I will. No, um, well, it, it's, it's okay for a third party to do it. Uh, perhaps, um, perhaps that may have been the case over the years. Uh, people look at you, and um, uh, maybe uh, it has a, a helpful effect. Uh, but I do think you, you, how you behave and set examples on and off the pitch is people must realise that that's, that has an influence, how you react and behave mm. to, to situations on and off the field. Surely probably has an impact to younger players coming in into the team laterally. Um, yeah. And, and with that, looking at um, uh, football today, uh, is there anybody that you think particularly on the field or the sidelines that strikes you as someone with... Um, those qualities that you could identify in a in a natural leader. Um, well, a, a player, current players, you mean? Oh, players, managers, anybody that uh, you look to today, really? Well, I think some of the outstanding. I think the, the, the best example about a, a leader and at the moment is is, is uh, Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. He has been absolutely fantastic to uh, acquire the players and get them to. Their attitude is absolutely fantastic. They're great players, but there's more than just being good players in football. It's a good player with a fantastic attitude and their willingness to work for each other and the team is absolutely outstanding. Hence these unbelievable results. There are, you know, and the great players not always succeed as, as individuals or probably even uh, certainly as a team if you haven't got the right attitude alongside it. And they're probably, and that that comes through the leadership. That's not just luck. Absolutely, that's, that's absolutely leadership. He'd be the best example, of course, in, in football terms today. Uh, easily, easily. And of course, but going back not that long ago, Alex Ferguson is just absolutely. Mm. You've got to take him as the first example. But Klopp's only done this over a period of time, a short period of time. But if you look at the twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven years that. Alex Ferguson did with Manchester United and subsequently since he's gone how they they are not doing so well 
he's the best example of management I think we've seen we've probably ever seen and I don't think anybody will see the light of that kind of leadership again it's absolutely astonishing astonishing and do you think could you imagine uh, Sir Alf or even Ron Greenwood managing teams today yes I think so I think yes no, no question at all I think they uh, Ron Greenwood yeah well, the, the answer is straightforward answer is yes um, they, <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes I can elaborate as much as you want but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes uh, and with um, I know uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so but um, I'm conscious of the um, time um, looking um, back uh, through your um, playing career perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership but uh, companionship and and level-headedness that you think that have stuck with you all these years later? Well, I think we were, I was very fortunate and I wouldn't take any one player out. I think looking at so that... So many. Yeah, so many. And that's why we were successful because we had so many... Um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team, I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And I'm going back from an earlier earlier question for me that um, all hard nosed professionals, good good teammates, mm. good socially, and that's why we kept in touch with each other on our golf days. Every year, uh, up until about five years ago, of course, with, with the uh, sadly dwindling yes. numbers, we we still got on. Our wives got on all together. All those years later, it didn't just finish after '66. That reunion, that camaraderie, that team spirit, mm. um, getting on with each other, lasted for, for a long, long, long time. And I wouldn't and- when it, when you put those those questions and how you categorise those. I would pick every one of the 11 players um, who you put in that category that were like that. There was nobody else. They were all outstanding. And I think that was a big part. I can't stress how big a part that was. And I've said that many, many times for the success of the team. We had some great players. We had some great players, of course. But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, we wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately, ultimately as successful. Exactly. Without that, you, the, the the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts. But with it, yes, the word, the word is team. Showed. The word is the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk. Sometimes uh, together, everyone achieves more, and that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental. And uh, lastly, uh, Jeff, looking if if you were to uh, give advice, and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life. What would you identify, if you can, as the key tenant uh, that you can't go without in terms of leading a team, no matter what that team is? Single-mindedness, uh, single-mindedness, dedication, dedication to the job. Um, thinking about that 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 role, that job in leadership all the time. It's a huge part of your life. If you, I don't think you can switch off. When you're in, in business at the top level or sport at the top level, you may, you know, have a, have a couple of weeks holiday. But I'm even sure if, if 
these top managers and lead, leaders in all walks of life are away on holiday on a beach somewhere warm. I'm sure there's not, uh, there's, they will not switch off for, for two weeks um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's, you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements, and it's just dedication and uh, uh, tuning your life to being successful. Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Very good to nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go over the past and just uh, refresh my mem- my own memory about the quality of the players I grew up with. Excellent. Uh, another time, uh, it would be great to talk again. Thank, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. This has been the Leaders Council podcast. Thank you for celebrating excellence in leadership with us. I have been your host, Matthew O'Neill. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The views expressed within the podcast do not reflect the views of the Leaders Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, its parent company or subsidiaries, members of staff, other guests, or any other person therein associated.